Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time and bring your shame. Welcome to Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. And if you're watching online, we're on Facebook. Uh, this will later be broadcast on YouTube and other sites. But um, uh, Brian, you can wave to the camera oh, right hey. there. Yep, yeah, there you are. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Brian before we hop in here. Um Brian, electbrianjones.com, he was elected in 2018 to serve California's 38th Senate District. He's chair of the Senate Republican Caucus, and prior to serving in the Senate, he was a Santee City Council member for eight years, from 2001 to 2010, then again from 2017 to 2018, and uh, he was the representative for the 71st Assembly District from 2010 to 2016. And currently, Brian, this is a really big deal. You're running for the 50th Congressional District. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. That's huge. It, it's a huge deal. Yeah. It's a, it's a big uh, step up from the current responsibilities. Yeah. So. Now, give us a little background as far as, because um, some of our listeners won't be aware of what's happened. There's been a lot of kind of drama sure. in uh, East County. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you ended up running for the 50th Congressional District. Well, this has actually been going on for four years. You know, that the current congressman got himself in a little bit of trouble, Duncan Hunter. Uh, some of your listeners may remember back in 2008, I ran against him in 2008, came in second uh, by 56 points, but I did come in second. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that was just the testimony to how strong the Hunter name is out in East County and North County in the in yeah. areas that they've been representing. People for were such very long time. committed to uh, uh, Duncan Hunter Sr. Right. And then Duncan Hunter Jr. Right. Well, his dad, you know, originally got elected in 1980. So, so they've been uh, around for a long time. They've been time. around for a long time. Yeah. And really, Duncan Jr. Uh, could have been there for 30 years. We thought he was going to be there for 30 years. Yeah, and yeah. When we uh, lost in 2008, and then I got elected to the assembly in 2010, uh, when I say we, my wife and I and my family, we kind of checked the box on uh, you know, running for Congress. He's eight years younger than me. We just figured he'd be there for you know thirty years, and yeah. then and then his son is named Duncan Hunter too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he would take over they, after that. So they'd have the seat locked up for a hundred years. Yeah, and uh, you know, unfortunately, they made some decisions that didn't work out you know well for them, and uh, you know, he's obviously pled guilty to at least one of those charges. And this now. this just happened, uh, right? So in December, so here here's the kind of the timeline for us because uh, two years ago, I was getting pressure to run then uh, against him and. Uh, the Senate seat was open as well at the same time. And I thought, you know what? This is, this is America. You're in America. You are innocent until proven guilty. Um, at that point in time, he'd already kind of alluded that he admitted to doing some of the stuff that he was being accused of. Yeah. But I was comfortable in letting the courts run its course and, and due diligence and all of that. So, uh, we, my wife and I made the decision, we're going to you know run for Senate and, and serve there and, and see what happens, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, throughout the last, the course of the last, mm, you know, 12 months, things started to unravel, it's, it looked like. And so people were coming to me saying, hey, are you going to do this? And I go, well, he, he's still there. But when his wife pled guilty, that's, that's not saying I'm going to agree with the prosecution to go after my husband. That's saying I did it. Yeah. And my husband did it. Yeah. And let's go get him together. Oh. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And so that's when really we started to have to take a, a serious look at it, thinking that, you know, eventually he's going to have to step down. Now, it was never my intention to run against him. Uh, again, letting the, it work its way out. But yeah. the way that the his court case was 
coming out that you know his his uh, trial was moved to January. The filing deadline was in December on the sixth, and the county party was doing their endorsement process in October. Mm-hmm. And I'm, so what I'm doing is I'm backing us up to September. Yeah, September. Uh, I had to make the decision, you know, then to get going. Yeah, whether you're so, going to do this or not. Yeah and, yeah, and it ended up for, you know, three months I was running against him, but then eventually he had to, you know, step down and, and not run for re-election. Yeah. Which is where we're at today. And that and this literally just happened. I mean, um, I was just reading the news here, and the fact is, is uh, it says here he sent a letter of resignation to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi um, uh, uh, and plans to officially leave his post on January 13th. Which is Monday. Yeah, which is yeah. Monday. And right. Gavin Newsom um, has said there's going to be no special election. Right, which is disappointing. And I think the governor jumped the gun a little bit on that. The law doesn't require the governor to even opine on this until after the seat's vacant. Yeah. So that's Tuesday. Uh, the governor has 14 days to decide whether or not he's going to call a special election. Yeah. And in that decision, if he is going to call it, when it's going to be, and he's limited by a certain number of days that are, you know, specifically stated in the Constitution. I think it's 114, 128 or something like that. Uh-huh. So it would have pushed us past the March 3rd primary, the, the current March 3rd primary, which is the real primary for the general election in November. But if he had called a special election, that special would have been sometime in April. And uh, if, if you win that with 50% or more, you get seated right away. Yeah. So we could have had a congressman seated in June. Yeah. Or a May. conservative, a conservative yeah. congressman. Yeah, because I, I think uh I think one of us would have you know, whoever's gonna win the primary in March yeah. would have won that. And I it's gonna be me. So I would have won that and I would have been seated. Yeah. Uh, so it gives representation to the area. It also gives, you know, several advantages in that that person seated sooner gets on the committee sooner, also has uh you know, hierarchy and and status or, mm-hmm. you know, time served is a big deal back there in, yeah. in Sacramento. So seniority, it would have given San Diego more seniority over the rest of the freshman class coming in. And do you think that's part of the reason uh, that part of the reason that Gavin made that decision? I have, Kevin, I've given up on guessing what this governor yeah. thinks. Because <laughs> uh, whatever he says, uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised on Tuesday morning if he comes back and says he changed his mind on this yeah. and he is going to call a special yeah, election. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever he says today is going to be different tomorrow. Yeah. So. Well, that's one of the questions I actually had for you is um, I was going to ask you is, you know, has it been frustrating having to serve in the Senate in a, a very liberal state? Right. Um, here you are. You're a minority, really. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see your experience uh, from serving in the Senate in California. And then now you're in the in the con- in Congress. Right. And um, I'm really curious to know what you think are going to how that's going to be different and how um, if you're going to enjoy that more and, and these sorts of things. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to ask you real quick. Um, so for our listeners, tell them, so who else is potentially running here for the 50th Congressional District? Well, it's not potentially anymore. The filing yeah. deadline is closed, so uh, we're the, the field is set. Yeah. So on the Republican side, it's myself, the only Republican that lives in the district, uh, Daryl Issa, who used to be a congressman, uh, and then you know his seat got too tough for him for some reason in 2018, he retired. Uh, but wants to come back to this district, which he doesn't live in. So that's, that's interesting. Strange. That's strange. And then, and then Carl DeMaio, who also doesn't live in the district, lives in the city of San Diego. Uh, he actually lives in the 52nd congressional district, lost to Scott Peters several years ago. Is uh, I think four or six years ago, your listeners may remember that. Yeah. Uh, lost his bid for mayor 
So um, why he wants to run in this district, and when he ran for Congress in the 52nd, which is a much less conservative district. Yeah. That's not conservative at all, actually. Uh, he was r- running as a moderate to liberal Republican uh, and still didn't win that district. Now he thinks he can run as a right-wing uh, conservative uh, and win in this district. And I don't get his calculus Yeah, that's at all. really strange. Yeah. It's a, a strange situation. So, you know, that's why I'm in it because yeah. the local supporters once, you know, especially when, once Duncan stepped down a couple weeks ago, uh, came to me and said, Hey, you're our guy. Exactly. You're the local guy. I mean, there's really nobody else. Right. Yeah. So, right. so, uh, this is great news for you. That's fantastic. So that's on the, on the Republican side, on the Democrat side, there are two Democrats. Uh, Amar Campanajar is the guy that almost beat Hunter last time. Yeah. Uh, very well-spoken young guy. I think he's an attorney. He's worked, only like 30 years old. Yeah, 30. Yeah. Worked for the Obama administration. Yeah. Um, he's going to have some challenges in this district as well, and I don't know anything about the other Yeah, and that's Democrat. that's uh, specifically, uh, there's like an 11-point difference for yeah. uh, conservatives, Republicans. Well, so. it's actually more than that, Kevin, because yeah. the the no-party preference folks in this district, which is a, it's so it's 45% Republican, and then the rest of it split half no party preference and half Democrats. Uh, the no party preference people are, most of those make up Republicans that are irritated with the Republican party yeah. or upset or with politics. With Duncan or whatever, yeah, whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they typically vote Republican and, and have been voting for me for 20 years, almost 20 years. So I'm looking forward to winning their vote again. That's fantastic. So yeah. I, and I actually I'll, have a pretty good Democrat base too. Oh uh, yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more about that. So for if you're listening right now, uh, and this is significant, you know, not just on a local level, this is significant on a on a national level because it has to do with the House and the right. fact that we want to continue to gain seats in the House. So right. uh, in on our in our district or in the 50th district, there's 141,000 registered Republicans, uh, 101,000 registered Democrats, and then 91,000 registered with no party preference, which right. is what you were just referring right. to. Yep. So that's great news. Well, uh, my guest today is Brian Jones. If you want to learn more about him, you can check out electbrianjones.com and uh, you can learn all about him, his values, what's important to him um, and uh, w- you know where he's concerned and his track record too. You can look that up and you can see that he's a reliable person that you can trust and you can uh, put your confidence in. So check him out, Elect Brian Jones. We're going to keep talking about this. And again, I want to talk to you about you know, uh, how is it going to be different serving in Congress versus serving in the Senate? I think that's going to be really interesting. So stay with us. Hope you're enjoying the program so far. We're going to be right back. This is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
If you need to buy an affordable, reliable used car, truck, or even an enclosed trailer, call Conover Tires Wheels and Service in Oceanside. For tires and car repairs you can trust, call Dan Conover and his team at 760-439-1631. Honesty, integrity, and quality service. They're ASC, BBB, and NAPA certified. And they're proud supporters of Educate for Life. Learn more at ConoverTires.com. Check out their great reviews, 760-439-1631. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0767. Hey, thanks for being with us. If you're uh, watching on uh, Facebook, we're live. We're here on a Friday evening, uh, taking the time to talk about politics and and, uh, culture and and my guest today is Brian Jones. Um, a little bit of history. Uh, I've actually had the opportunity, the privilege, to have all three of your students out at Christian High. Right. Uh, your students. Three, uh, your three of kids my kids as, as your my student. students. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been great. That was a lot of fun um, getting to know them a little bit better. And you have three kids. You and your wife have been married for 27 years. Right. And uh, if you want to learn more about Brian Jones, electbrianjones.com. So tell us a little bit about your background as far as how did you, uh, did you intend when you were younger, did you intend to get into politics? Is that something you wanted to do right away? Well, you know, it's an a interesting, uh, dichot- I guess, interesting fact of my history. My uh, parents moved a lot when I was a kid. So I think I added it up. I was 19 different addresses before I was 20 years oh, old. Oh, my goodness. So that doesn't mean anything. Is that military? No, no. I mean, he was in the military. My dad was in the military when I was born, but he just, when he got out, uh, he worked for a restaurant firm that moved him around quite a bit. And then he just couldn't decide whether he wanted to live in Colorado or California. So he moved back in a couple of times. <laughs> enjoyed, we, enjoyed all of them. And then we moved, you know, several times in different addresses in Santee. So um, I've always been outgoing. My mom said that when I was five years old, we moved into a new apartment building. I got on my big wheel and went around and met all of the, that was my first door knocking experience yeah, was great. precinct walking. was <laughs> going door to door to meet people. Um, when I was in uh, sixth grade, we moved uh, from one school in Santee to another school in Santee. And the teacher, for some reason, instead of having kids in, in rows uh, of desks, we, she had us in pods. And so you know, there was four or five of us in a pod and four or five pods to the classroom. Yeah. And I was the new kid, and it was all boys at our, at our particular pod. And I don't know. I still, to this day, and none of them will say uh, whether they did it as a joke or if they were serious, but they nominated me for class representative. And uh, every pod got to repre- got to nominate one person. And so then we all got up in front of the classroom, and I don't even know what I said, but we all got to say something. And I got elected as the... It was compelling. Yeah. And whatever it was at the time, I, you know, I wish I had you know, some more history on that. Yeah. Uh, so that started off my elected experience. And then uh, through a junior high and high school, I almost always had some kind of elected office, either in student government or uh, Kiwanis had a, what they called key club at the time. I was involved with that. 
Uh, when I went to college, I went to San Diego State. I, I didn't really get involved too much then. And then I graduated. Heather and I got married. Uh, we were going to Sunrise Community Church, which we were living in Santee and at the time was located in Spring Valley. Okay. And we were thinking about moving to Spring Valley because we were very involved and Heather volunteered and almost was on staff. And then the church decided it's going to move to Santee. So one of the city council members at the time was my uh, youth mentor when I was in the Kiwanis Builders Club wow. in that's, the junior that's high. That's kind of divine right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I had moved away for a period of time and yeah. moved back. Yeah. And we remembered each other. And so the church had to go through the process of getting a conditional use permit. And I, I wasn't involved in politics at the time, and I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't a constitutional scholar. I mean, I knew the Constitution. Sure. I, you know, religious freedom, that kind of thing. I'm like, why does the church have to get permission to open up uh, in a in a building? I mean, yeah. why is that a thing? Yeah. And so I learned about conditional use permits and uh, city councils saying yes or no. Uh, the vote was split 3-2. The church was allowed to move in. And so, but barely. Wow. You know, it was a, it, it would, it was a it in took, Santee. In Santee, yeah, that's interesting. And the the uh, uh, opposition was from the staff was we were buying a grocery store and removing it from the tax rolls, oh, and so so it was going to cut down on the taxes, which had been vacant for two years, so it wasn't making any tax. <laughs> oh my god, there was no tax value anyway. That's politics for yeah. you right there. Right? So we won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, two years late. So that was 1999. In 2000, uh, two of the city council members were running for mayor. Uh, one supported the church. Is that where the church is today? Sunrise is, yes. The same place? Yeah, it's the same place. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That's amazing. Uh, so two two people were running uh, for mayor. One supported the church. One didn't. Uh, I helped the guy that did, which is Randy Vopel. He became mayor. Yeah. And then in 2002, the other guy retired, and I ran to take his place, and I beat nine competitors uh, my first time running for elected office, you know, wow. uh, civic elected. Man, that elected. sounds like you had a call in your life there. Yeah, huh? I that's, think so. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, so you're now moving, um, you know, you've served in all these different capacities as you've, right. as you've grown here, and, and now you're heading up to the big leagues here with Congress. Um, so what are you anticipating? Um, and it looks, it looks very likely like you're, you're the man. I mean, right. you're, you're the guy that this is going to happen. I hope so. so I mean, we're yeah. praying so, and, yeah. and I think God's in it too, yeah. uh, or otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. Um, yeah. So one, one thing, I, I, if I can diverge yeah, go for it. on the, yeah. you said the big leagues. Yeah. And uh, you're right, yeah. uh, perceptionally, uh, as far as the public is concerned right now. But I'd like for your your listeners to think about when the Constitution was being set up and our founding fathers. Yeah. They put the big leagues then, in their mind, was the state legislatures. Oh, interesting. And Because uh, the federal government was not—we was not, uh, don't want you in our business, basically. Most of them didn't want a federal government yeah. in the yeah. first place. Yeah, exactly. So part of the dynamic of the negotiations of setting up the federal constitution and the Bill of Rights and all of that was the, le the state legislatures are going to have the majority of the influence on our daily lives. Mm. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Um, Trump just did this by uh, saying that the federal government is going to pull out a K through 12 education too. I think that's a great idea. It, yeah. it's exactly right. Yeah. It, it, the federal government has no business controlling uh, K through 12 education Yeah. because that is centralizing the influence of Washington, D.C., or what is yeah. this, broadcasting the influence of Washington, D.C. to the entire country. Yeah. Well, the local people know what they need for absolutely. their kids. I mean, they're the ones yeah. that are dealing with those issues right there in that, and that place. And that's why America was called the Great Experiment, because yeah. uh, the founders 
intentionally set it up that each state could compete against the other states, and that would create the greatness of our country, mm. was that each state wasn't compelled to comply with a set of regulations that all the states are complying with. Yeah, it's an and amazing system. So that's all started to break down. I, I you know, Obviously, the Civil War broke down some of that, giving um, more power to the federal government. Uh, but that was just an, a natural uh, reaction to that, to the Civil War. So, yeah, to the horrible, to right. slavery and yeah. everything that was going on. But there. the 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 cultural breakdown of the state legislatures uh, started in the 30s, I think, uh, with the New Deal, and then um, uh, a little bit before that. You know, the state legislatures used to pick the the U.S. senators. When you say the cultural breakdown, what do you mean by that? When you say that it began in the 1930s with the New Deal, well. I, as uh, well, maybe that cultural breakdown is one issue. Centralization of political power mm, okay. began in the 30s yeah. to Washington. Washington D.C. became more influential. Yeah. Uh, after the 30s, I mean, yeah. you go back there now and look at the buildings. Most of them were built in the 30s and 40s yeah. under the FDR administration, and you know they're huge monoliths of buildings with thousands of people working in them. Yeah. And uh, every time I walk by this street, I'm like, you know, if a hundred of those people went to work someplace else, like out in Kansas. Yeah. Would we miss them in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, and I think you, to some degree, you could say that about Sacramento as well. Yeah. Um, so I know I can, oh, I diverged from your question and now I've forgotten what your question was. Oh, well, basically. When my, you said big leagues. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I appreciate what you're saying because that's a very important. And, and also that shows your political persuasion and your philosophy. Right. Um, and that's something we want. So- I think my question was, um, you know, how is it going to be different? From, oh, what are you anticipating right. so, um, as you're going to you're going to go from serving in the California Senate, um, which is going to be a, as far as I understand it, quite a bit a different environment to be serving in in the House in right. Congress. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a and several of my colleagues have uh, beat me to Washington D.C. So I've been able to have conversations with them, and uh, and a lot of them are really kind of struggling with. Um, the environment in Washington, D.C., because it is a much... So in, in uh, Sacramento, I'm one of 40 yeah. uh, senators, and then there's 80 assembly members, so one of 120. So 120 people run California, yeah. plus the governor and you know, statewide offices. I, I know... I will. I, I don't know them all right now because there's some new ones, but eventually I will know every single one of those 120 people personally and um, have at least a conversation here and there with each one yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and we're working every day together, side by side, Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. Now we're debating a lot because um, Republicans are holding our ground and, you know, fighting taxes, fighting new regulations. We How kill- many Republicans are currently serving in the, uh, in the in states, the co- in yeah. the state Senate, uh, there's 10 uh, current senators plus one vacancy. So there's 11 Republican seats right now and 29 Democratic seats. That's a that's you're a, right. a minority there. We're at the lowest number of uh, Republican senators since the late 70s. Ah, typically we have around 13 or 14. So I want to ask you. We're we're coming up on another break here, but I want to ask. I still you, haven't answered your question. Yeah, that's okay. We'll get to it. I will. I will. <laughs> I will answer your question. Te- I promise. We're teasing the listeners here. Right. So I think uh, another question I have is is uh, and I, I think this is on a lot of people's minds because people are leaving California. Right. Is is California a hopeless cause at this point? Don't answer the question. You got yet, it. But for those of you listening, that's what we're going to talk about. We've got an expert here 
Uh, he's served for quite a while. And so let's get his opinion on what's the next deal with California. Um, should we move or uh, is there hope for it? And is there a possibility of reversing, you know, some of the things that have happened? Stay with us. If We're you're a quitter, right you move. <laughs> okay. That is a hint to what is what, he, what he's going to say. <laughs> Save money by taking good care of your car. Call Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside. Locally owned and operated since 1991 with all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers at ConoverTires.com. Dan and his team are proud to support Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. They even sell affordable, reliable used cars and enclosed trailers. Conover Tires, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard, 760-439-1631. Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619-988-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-988-0924. Life insurance is like a parachute. If you don't have it when you need it, it's too late. When your family faces a challenge, you don't want to face liability because you're uninsured or underinsured. Decades of San Diegans have trusted Jim Kelly of Kelly Insurance Agency and Allstate to insure homes, cars, businesses, and lives, no matter where they live throughout California. Your family's needs are always changing. Call to schedule a checkup today. Call Jim Kelly and his team right now, 619-562-9199. Hey, welcome back to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and we are broadcasting right here in Southern California. We're on KPraise, 1210 AM, and uh, also FM 106.1 in North County. But we're also all over the web, so you can check us out. I've got all kinds of incredible programs up there. Just recently interviewed uh, David Wood. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's uh, an incredible guy who has a, an amazing testimony of how Christ changed his life actually in prison. He almost killed his dad. Today, he is one of the foremost experts in the world on Islam, and uh, he is actually credited with leading Nabil Qureshi to Christ, who has uh, worked with Rav Rav uh, Ravi Zacharias and others. And uh, so that's an incredible uh, interview. Also interview there with Dr. James Tor. He's one of the top 50 scientists in the world, and he gives us reasons why there's no way evolution makes sense from a scientific perspective. He says there's no mechanism mm. that justifies uh, the idea of evolution. There's no scientific mechanism. He's an organic synthetic chemist. Uh, absolutely incredible. So uh, over 100 different interviews on there. My guest today is Brian Jones, electbrianjones.com, and uh, he has an incredible history of um, walking with the Lord and serving the Lord in culture and politics. And so, um, uh, you know, uh, you've got all kinds of endorsements uh, currently. All kinds of people are endorsing you. I, th I think uh, down here, let's see. The most see. of the field. Yeah. Uh, Deputy Sheriff's Association of San Diego County, San Diego Police Officers Association, El Cajon Police Officers Association, 
You're all over the place, uh, and you're a, you're a uh, pr- obviously pro Second Amendment right. uh, advocate, which is a, a fantastic too. One of the things that your listeners may not understand is most of those police officers and deputy sheriffs that endorse me are pro Second Amendment also. Sometimes we have this perspective that you know cops don't want private citizens to have guns. Most of those guys uh, support private citizens, law abiding private citizens. Uh, defending themselves and having their own firearms. Yeah, well, and, uh, well, and they, the, they've been really great Second Amendment supporters the, as well. The more people that have guns, the less work there right. is for the police officers. An armed society is a polite society. Exactly. There right. you go. Right. So um, when we left off last time, uh, Brian, you were talking about um, only nine. You, it was it eleven or nine uh, people in serving in the uh, Senate? Yeah, uh, there's currently ten in the in the uh, Senate and with, with one vacancy and twenty nine Democrats. Yeah, and then in the Assembly, it's worse. Uh, the ratio is worse. There's, um, I think, currently seventeen uh, Republicans, uh, one vacancy, one uh, Republican who just switched to no party preference, which makes no sense, and then the rest are all Democrats. So I think it's I think it's twenty to sixty in the Assembly. Yeesh. Yeah, and then. And then, of course, we have a uh, Democratic governor as well. Right. And we recently, in the last election, lost our. I think some Democrats would argue that he may be too left, even for them. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we, I don't, we, I don't we don't know what political spectrum he's on. So, <laughs> so, and then we lost Orange County in the last election. Right. Is that, so okay, so a lot of Californians right now are thinking, like, man, I got to get out of here. Well, I owe you. I owe you the first question first. I think okay, is the difference between uh, D.C. and and Sacramento. Yeah. So. Uh, can I be effective in Sac- in D.C.? Absolutely. Uh, the frustrating part for the, the people that leave Sacramento who have a, a, a level of influence is when you go to D.C., now you're one of 435, and if you count the senators, one of 535. So you go from one of 80 or one of 40 to one of 435, and, um, and, and the hierarchy there is different. The way the influence is gained there is obviously different. you got to work your way up. Uh, which I'm more than willing and, and happy. I'm a hard worker, so yeah. you know I'll do it. Sacramento, uh, the governor signs about 700 to 900 bills a year that go into effect the following January 1st. The president signs 40 to 60. So, you know we're 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 moving all the time on legislation in California. What they're doing in D.C. A lot of of us, you know, want to know what what are you doing with your time back there? <laughs> yeah. So they have a lot of committees, and and it's you know I would argue it's better that you do let fewer bills than more bills. So I, I because pre- we want government to be less involved in our right. life, not exactly. More. Yeah, I can. Pro- most of those seven hundred bills are not making your or my life easier. Now I got seven bills passed, which do make your life and my life easier because that's the bills I focus on. Tell us, tell us, give us a couple that you've. Uh, uh, so historically, uh, a couple of years ago, I did the Made in the USA bill, which was labeling for manufacturers, California. You know, 50 states and the Federal Trade Commission, uh, 49 of those states and the Federal Trade Commission agreed on what made America met. One yeah. state disagreed with everybody else. I'll give you one guess who that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it also set it up uh, for lawsuits. And so uh, I was able to m- more closely match the federal standard on made in the USA to make it easier for our manufacturers in California. So, uh, So people can know, hey— Right, I want to buy American, right? Right, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I, we've done a, a bill for the skate parks to allow them to be uh, exist and built in county areas. Uh, I did a bill this year for Lawrence Welk Resort. They had some legislation that was messing them up, so we took care of that for them. And you know, these bills uh, pass on 
majority votes, right? I have to get Democrats. Yeah, to you've got to have. I got to have at least in this in the Senate. I got to have at least ten Democrats vote for my bills to get yeah. them out of the Senate, and I have to have you know twenty Demo- uh, Republicans and twenty one Dems in the Assembly. But most of my bills pass uh, almost unanimous. I had eight actually passed. The governor did veto one of my bills, uh, but I'll keep working on it. Okay. Uh, what was the one he vetoed? I have a cancer registry bill. I had cancer when I was uh, 30 years old in, in 1999, and most cancer survivors don't know that there's a registry in California that has all of your personal information, data, uh, you know, stored in a, a database that researchers have access to. Now, they have to be licensed, and, and, and the system is good, and it's I think it's protected, but I also think that the cancer patients ought to know that the state has this information. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the state's kind of fighting me on that a little bit. That's silly. Yeah. Uh, So what are you looking forward to most when you're going to go to Congress? What do you anticipate as being the best part of being able to serve in Congress? To to be quite honest with you right now, I'm really excited about all the pro-life stuff that's happening in other states. Yeah. Uh, You know, I've been fighting this for eight years in California. Um, You know, California just keeps going back. We... California literally is moving to the Stone Ages on the issue of abortion mm. by making it so easy. Uh, who can give them? You know, you don't have to be a medical doctor in California. I heard about this. To, Mid, you can now just be a midwife. And you, yeah, yeah, you can be a, a nurse practitioner, a midwife under the supervision of a, of a nurse practitioner. It it doesn't have to be in a surgical suite. It can be in a regular doctor's office. So I, I want your listeners to understand this because most of us miss this. Most Christians, I, you know, I was there on the d- debate, so I didn't miss it. But um, your dog, when you take him to the vet to be neutered or spayed, has a higher level of care than your daughter, your sister, or your mother when she goes to get an abortion in California. That's crazy. It's way crazy. Yeah. And the, 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 they're so militant on this issue they're not even thinking practically. You, you can't even. That, I mean, that's a practical conversation. Oh yeah. Okay. Just wh- 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 wherever you are on the issue of abortion, if a family member is gonna get one, it should at least be safe. Yeah. And I'm telling your listeners in California, it may not be safe. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. people can get away with. Uh, so that I'm excited. So to answer your question, yeah. You know, being different. What am I looking forward to in Washington D.C.? I'm I'm looking forward to engaging in that debate. Yeah. And I what well, you mentioned science earlier on the evolution stuff. Science today is way beyond where it was 40 years ago or 50 years ago when Roe v. Wade became law. Yeah. I mean, we our side of the issue knew the science, right? But now the science is glaring the leftists oh, yeah. and the abortionists in the face. They can't deny it anymore. Yeah, this just so. came out recently that something like 98% of scientists now have now agreed that uh, life begins at conception. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm certainly excited about continuing my record of representation uh, for this district and constitutional representation and taking that battle to Washington, D.C., because I think Washington right now is way off the Constitution. And we need to right-size the government. We need to right-size the laws. We need to right-size our trajectory regarding the Constitution and get back to a constitutionally-based federal government. And that's one of the battles I'm looking forward to fighting as well. Uh, while serving the constituents in the 50th Congressional District, serving San Diego County. I've always had a regional focus in my representation as one Republican out of five. Um, You know, I've got to have that regional focus so I can represent Republicans throughout the entire county, 
not just East County and North County. Absolutely. So uh, that's that's really great. When we come back, I just want to um, you know emphasize for our listeners why you should be the guy for the 50th congressional district versus these other three Republicans that are running, or of course the Democrat that's running, right. and uh, give you a chance to uh, compare um, resumes here as far as that's concerned. So right. my guest today is Brian Jones, electbrianjones.com. Please check it out. Please support him. Um, he's a, he's a good guy through and through, uh, and really, really has conservative values solidly in place, very involved, uh, in his community, uh, with church and everything else. I know all three of his kids personally, uh, as a, as a teacher over at Christian high school in El Cajon in East County, I've had the opportunity to be one of their teachers. And so I really, uh, encourage you get to know him better and do everything you can to support him wherever you're at. Stay with us. We've got one more segment left. Gibson of LG Equipment supports Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Luke grew up in the construction industry and now serves LG's commercial and residential customers throughout Southern California. Whether you need grading, paving, hauling, demolition, on-site bulk water service, water trucks, tankers, and towers, call LG Equipment at 619-998-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-998-0924. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Life insurance is like a parachute. If you don't have it when you need it, it's too late. When your family faces a challenge, you don't want to face liability because you're uninsured or underinsured. Decades of San Diegans have trusted Jim Kelly of Kelly Insurance Agency and Allstate to insure homes, cars, businesses, and lives, no matter where they live throughout California. Your family's needs are always changing. Call to schedule a checkup today. Call Jim Kelly and his team right now. 619-562-9199. Hey, thanks for being here with us this evening. It's a Friday evening, and uh, we're on Facebook. We'll also be all over social media. My name is Kevin Conover. If you're tuning in for the first time, my website's educateforlife.org, and my website is dedicated to helping people establish a strong Christian faith. Um, What I do is I've been teaching for 13 years on the truth of God's Word, on the truth of the Bible, and what it is that, what, how does that translate into real life? What does that look like with a biblical worldview? How does that get fleshed out in my everyday living? And so if you're the kind of person that wants to know more about what you believe and why you believe it, that's what my website is dedicated to. It's, the, it's a resource for you to cover all the difficult questions, whether it's political issues, whether it's things like the pro-life movement and, and the scientific arguments for the pro-life movement, whether it has to do with world religions and, and how does something like Islam or Buddhism stack up against Christianity? How do I know which is true? or whether it has to do with the science behind 
uh, the Bible? Does the Bible have scientific foresight? Is it really a book that is uh, inspired by the creator of all that we see around us? So check it out if you get a chance. And uh, we do a radio program every week. We've been doing this for maybe close close on five years now and uh, have incredible guests from all over the place. And uh, today's no different. We have a guest, Brian Jones, electbrianjones.com. And, um, you know, one of the things I teach in my classes is that we have to take uh, we have to take what we believe and we have to put that out in culture and society because it brings life. It brings healing. It brings benefits when we embrace the truth of God's word and then we take that and we translate it into um, action. We put our, our, our faith uh, in action. We put our feet to the pavement here and, and get things done. So, uh, Brian, you, you've been doing this for quite a while now. You're heading off to uh, Congress. Now, uh, for our listeners, and um, this is kind of an unusual situation because uh, Duncan Hunter has just resigned. Right. There's not going to be a special election. Right. We've got the presidential election coming up in November. Mm-hmm. When are you going to be officially, uh, you know, Lord willing, if this all pans out, sure. when are you going to be in the House? So I the primary is on March 3rd, so your listeners need to make sure that they vote uh, on or before March 3rd for Brian Jones for Congress in the 50th Congressional District. Okay. And then once I become the nominee for the Republican Party, the general election is the same as the president's in November. And then uh, congressmen are sworn in the first week of January, and the president is sworn in the third week of January. Okay, okay, so that's when it all happens. Right. So, and I'd love to, you know, once that's all happening— for you to come back and attend one of them or both of them. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So, so, um, just remind me that I invited you to do that because I might, I might forget. (laughs) Oh, I'll remind you. Don't (laughs) worry. (laughs) I've got your email. So, um, so in March is the primary. That's when you're running against three other Republicans and two uh, other Republicans and, and, and one significant Democrat. Okay. That's right. Okay. So, so, um, now this is interesting. So one of you Republicans, so only two of you are going to end up in the in the final election. Correct. That's correct. The top two vote getters out of all of there's actually nine on the ballot. Okay. So the top two of the nine goes to the November ballot. And are you anticipating that the the Democrat is going to win, and then it's going to be one of you Republicans? Correct. Okay. Right. Uh, because there's enough Democratic votes in right. there. So uh, give us a compare and contrast here between who you're running against, and sure. why people should vote for you over these other Republicans. Well, first and foremost, uh, I live in the district and have been representing the district. I have roots in the district. My kids, as you've mentioned, have been raised in the district. My wife and I were raised in this district. Uh, you know, I've lived here since 1978, my wife since 1981. Yeah, our kids are 24, 22, and 20. Uh, as you mentioned, they all graduated from Christian High. So I have a and th- this is a unique district uh, in California. There's maybe one other district that's as conservative yeah. as this. But this is really a strong family values, faith-based district. Yeah, it's one of the and, last ones left. Yeah, it is one of the last yeah. ones. It's actually, uh, your listeners might be interested to know, it's actually one of the most conservative in the country, actually. Interesting. Uh, Trump won it by 15 points. Wow. And so there aren't too many more congressional districts that he won by as many points as he did uh, this particular uh, congressional district. I didn't 50. know that. That's yeah. interesting. So um, that you know, that's that's my comfort zone. Yeah, and we've got e- even in in our district, uh, you know, people that are registered Democrat, Democratic people that are registered no party preference. Even the majority of them live their lives in a conservative way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a job. Yeah, they pay their taxes. They raise their kids. 
they have a dune buggy or motorcycles yep. <laughs> or you know some other recreational activity that they do out in our deserts they're they're buying gasoline they're buying groceries and they know that all of that costs too much right now in California and um so my story resonates with that and and having a faith background as a former pastor uh that helps uh i think that helps me lead in a different manner than a typical politician yeah you know i, I lead from the heart a little bit more than i think uh, most politicians do yeah and that's and, what east county wants too right right yeah. and you know the two guys they they've they've got their opportunity they they both uh have ran for congress and lost um you can make the argument that daryl uh, isa didn't lose but uh, he gave it up, you yeah. know, and and left his seat, and and Carl did lose, and, uh, and then he lost the mayor's race after that. Mm-hmm. So, and they and they don't live, you know. I just don't think they. It match, just looks like they it, they don't match. Like they're looking district. for the next thing to right. try to get in. Exactly, on. Yeah. exactly. So, and I was, you know, and I'll be just on the record. If, yeah. if, if Duncan Hunter hadn't messed up, I'd been perfectly happy for him to be my congressman, um, as long as he wanted to be. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, so again, electbrianjones.com. And uh, we're slowly running out of time here. But before we go, um, you know, what is, uh, give us some personal information. Give us some personal background to you um, so we can get to know you a little bit better as a person. Sure. What do you, what do you like to do for fun? What's, what's your life like outside of politics? So outside of politics, I've got a mountain bike and a, an adventure motorcycle. So I have a BMW GS for those that know dual sport motorcycles. So I do a lot of uh, Back, off-road, on-road? Back, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so a lot of uh, camping off my motorcycle, mountain biking all over California um, and other, well, mostly California and uh, a little bit in Nevada. Um, wife, as we mentioned, two Rhodesian Ridgeback dogs, um, you know, 100 pounds, almost 100 pounds each. Uh-huh. And uh, commercial real estate is my professional background. Uh, as I stated, I was on staff at Sunrise Community Church for a uh, number of years back in the early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, so I've always had a kind of a sales uh, interactive, you know, type of uh, yeah. profession. So you, yep. so, so you know business too. Right. Yeah. I've been in the Senate for uh, almost a year and a half. I was in the Assembly for six years. As you mentioned, I was on the Santee City Council for a total of 10. Uh, so, and those are part, the City Council is a part-time position. So I don't consider myself a, a very career. part-time pay too. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I've got a career and a profession outside of politics. My wife runs two businesses. So I, you know, I guess you could make the argument I'm a career politician, but I've got a rebuttal yeah. for that at least. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, we're, we're, my wife and I, we're really, we really love this district and San Diego. Uh, we talked about, you know, we were joking earlier about leaving. We're not leaving, you know, yeah. we're, we're staying to fight for California. And uh, having the influence of being the congressman from this area just allows me to fight on a bigger scale and hopefully help uh, Republicans in California do better and win back some that have left the party and win more that haven't ever come to the party. So that's that's this would be a great note to end on. And is that is uh, what do you what do you see as the way forward for Republicans in California? I mean, uh, do you is there hope? For it, or, Absolutely. or is it a no. foregone conclusion? No, 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 no. There's always hope, and yeah. and it, there's plenty of examples in history in the United States of one party getting too much power, and then it the pendulum swings back. You know, yeah. it happened in Texas in 1990. Um, it's happened here before. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we had Reagan at one right. time. Well, right. and, and from 1895 to 1935, Republicans ran the legislature for that entire period of time. So we've been there. We've yeah. been in charge, and. 
two things need to happen. Uh, the Democrats need to continue to implode like they are and, and uh, definitely self, offering up bad legislation like AB5, the yeah. independent contractor bill. Uh, I was they just keep, reading about yeah, that. Yeah, if they keep doing that, that helps us. And then we got to come up with a message that resonates with the majority of the voters mm. that, hey, it is cool to be a Republican. And my, my biggest argument is look at the principles of the party, not always the people of yeah. the party. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> we're all flawed people, right? Yeah, yeah. But the principles that we stand on are the principles that the country was founded on, are the principles that make uh, the society and the culture great. Absolutely. Which makes the state great, which makes the country great. Yeah, freedom and prosperity. Yeah. And, and If we all take well. care of our families first yeah. and concentrate on that, then we need less government and then we'll get less government because we won't need it. Bam, I love it. All right. That's a good message. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for being on the program today, Brian. And uh, I'm going to vote for you. Well, I think I'm in the 5th Congressional District. Where do you live? Spring Valley. You're, the border's right along in there, so you may or may not. But yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I think your listeners understand yeah, what you're you saying. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm endorsing him. Okay, so. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thanks for being with us this evening. I hope you enjoyed the program. And uh, 2020 is going to be a very exciting year. We're going to have a lot of people on talking about what's happening in culture, what's happening um, in our government, what's happening in politics, and all the heavy issues that we have to deal with. We've been talking about all this in, uh, in my classes too right now, so it's a lot of fun and uh, important to be prepared and equipped and to be able to go out and be a light and a blessing to those around us. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. I hope you have a great weekend. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit educateforlife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719.